Today's episode of Girl Which Way is brought to you by Ritzy Trinkets, an artisan jewelry company catering to the bohemian minimalist and maximalist with the urban boho in mind every time. Ritzy Trinkets sells home and travel accessories and cute jewelry items such as earrings, bracelets, and necklaces. Ladies, don't miss out on their Purple Light Special, a special bundle they've created to help you to get in touch with yourself. This Black woman-owned company is committed to giving back to our communities and helping our girls to become self-sufficient trailblazers. Visit them today on ritzytrinkets.com and make sure you tell them Girl Which Way sent you. Hello and welcome to the Girl Which Way podcast, the show that exists because life is a journey, but you still need direction. Grab your girls and get ready because each episode we will be talking about our real life issues, answering questions, and building solid relationships with one another as we heal and learn. I'm your host, your girl, Shalia Vinny, and today we're going to be talking about childhood trauma. We'll discuss the ins and outs of the different types of trauma, how it can affect our lives, and how to heal. There is something that connects us all. No matter where you come from or how polished you may appear to be to the world now, we all have something that we are carrying with us. For lots of us, it's something we've trained our brains to bury deep and we keep it to ourselves because we don't want people to see our shame. It's common. You're not alone, but you need to recognize it, deal with it, and settle it once and for all so that you can heal and become whole. What am I talking about? Childhood trauma? Unresolved issues? Arrested development. It's like you leave a part of you behind. You lose the opportunity to flourish and you can't see your full potential or live fully because you can't see through the trauma. Now, how common is childhood trauma? Did you know that international surveys show that traumatic experiences are very common across the world? One study showed that nearly half of all children in the U.S. are exposed to at least one traumatic social or family experience while growing up. Nearly half, you guys. While trauma at an early age is devastating, trauma in early childhood can be especially hurtful because early childhood trauma generally means trauma between birth and the age of six. A child's brain grows and develops rapidly, especially in the first few years of life. So young children are also very dependent on their caregivers for care, you know, nurture and protection. This can make young children especially vulnerable to trauma. When trauma occurs early, it can affect a child's development. It can also affect their ability to attach securely, especially when their trauma occurs with a caregiver. Children are especially vulnerable to trauma because their brains are still developing. Children experience a heightened state of stress during terrible events and their bodies release hormones related to stress and fear. The brain is literally taught to live in a constant fight or flight state. When you are supposed to be focused on being a child and getting a sense of yourself, your focus is shifted to being anxious, weary, and being in a constant state of uncertainty. This is when you lose your innocence. You know, I think about Growing up the way so many people that come from communities like mine do. The things we see. Ugh, drug use, hypersexuality, 
gangs and friends and family members being murdered, broken homes, toxicity, poverty. It's like my heart just aches for so many of my people because we're forced to grow up way sooner than we should have. We are often robbed of the right to simply exist as innocent children. And it just breaks my heart because we're not even paying attention to how this affects us going forward in life. Now let's go a little deeper with trauma and discuss what it really is. Trauma is defined as a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. Now there are several types of trauma I want you to be aware of. There is acute trauma, which is basically, this is something that results from a single stressful or dangerous event. So basically this is a one-time thing that happens to you. Then we've got chronic trauma. So chronic trauma results from repeated or prolonged exposure to highly stressful events. So this could be like child abuse, bullying, domestic violence. You get the point. Then we've got complex trauma. So complex trauma results from exposure to multiple traumatic events. Get the picture? Okay, so let's dive deeper. So I want you to really understand interpersonal childhood trauma and what that is. Because interpersonal trauma can be understood this way. It's trauma from something done to a child, whether that's sexual, physical, or emotional abuse at home or somewhere else. It could be them witnessing or experiencing violence in their home or, you know, with the family. Uh, it could be them witnessing violence inside of the community. Uh, then there's trauma from something that doesn't happen, you know, because we're always thinking about stuff that did happen. Sometimes we have trauma from things that did not happen. For example, the child is not well nurtured, physical and emotional neglect. These are also things that can cause trauma. Then we've got trauma because a child's parent or caregiver is affected by their own trauma. This can mean that they are unable to meet their child's emotional needs. Often these parents have good intentions, like they actually do want to be good parents, but they have their own unworked through trauma, which stops them from connecting to their kids. So now they're not able to bond and have their child attached to them securely. Now, there's a few reasons why this happens. Maybe they're ill. Maybe uh, the parent is a drug addict or a substance, you know, a substance abuse like alcohol. Uh, maybe this person is in and out of prison. Maybe the parents have separated or they're going through a divorce. All of these things can cause trauma in the children. Now we have a different type of trauma as well. It's called secondary trauma, or sometimes you might hear it called vicarious trauma. This form of trauma is what happens when a person develops trauma and has symptoms from it because they're basically watching someone else experience traumatic events. So like imagine a child watches their mother getting, you know, physically assaulted or their mother is a victim of domestic violence. That child can then live vicariously through her and also pick up, you know, the traumatic events that follow, like, you know, having PTSD and stuff, stuff like that. So the symptoms of trauma range from mild to severe, but there are also some factors that determine how traumatic events affect you. So, you know, it could be based on if you have other mental health issues, have you been exposed to other previous traumatic events, the type and characteristic of events you've been through, your background, how you handle your emotions. That's why it's hard to say how one person can handle something compared to the next person. We all deal with trauma differently. But were there any of these things that I was just talking about that sounded familiar to you? Can you relate to any of these sorts of trauma? Well, if you couldn't relate to trauma, you should be counting your blessings because I certainly can. And at this point, 
I actually want to share my secret struggle with you. I just want you to know about my own childhood trauma. And this is not an easy conversation for me to have. Um, and there are not many people close to me that know about it because I don't talk about it much. In fact, I've only publicly talked about it in full in my best-selling book, Little Girl, Little Girl, Don't Get Lost in This World. But there is no way I can do a show on childhood and not discuss my own. So here it goes, guys. So I was a victim of sexual abuse. This happened through someone I was very close to, and it should have been somebody that I could trust. So my father spent many years of my childhood in prisons and for one petty crime or the next, you know how that goes. So we were mostly raised by our mother and she did the best she could, but I was violated on more than one occasion and I never told her or anyone else. I was afraid. I, I, I was ashamed. I, I was embarrassed. I didn't know what people were going to say or what people would think. I didn't want to mess things up. So I just kept it to myself and, and I didn't say anything until one day I just had enough. So that's when I went to my mom and I told her exactly what had been happening to me. And you know what she said? She asked me in like this almost accusatory tone, like, how did I let this happen? And why hadn't you said anything sooner? And you know, what did you do? What do you mean? What did I do? I was so crushed. I remember this because this is the day that whatever hope that I still had inside of me died. I was heartbroken. And it was at that moment that I realized I needed to help myself and fight back. No one was coming to help me. So the next time my attacker came at me, I was just going to use all my might and I was going to fight back. So that's exactly what happened. I figure I had two options. I would either kill him or I was going to kill him. What wasn't going to happen is I was not going to be raped. So those were, that's all I could do. So I had my knives, one in each hand, and I fought back. I swung both hands coming inches from his face, neck and stomach. You know, he never bothered me again after that, but we also never talked about it again. But the damage was done. I had nightmares for years. I was always afraid of what someone was going to do to me. I thought about it at some point every day of my life. It's like it hung over my head like a dark cloud when everything else around me was sunny. So it never came back up again until I wrote Little Girl because when I wrote the book, there was a couple of people in my family who purchased the book and I'll never forget the phone call I received from one of my cousins telling me how she didn't like the way I portrayed her auntie in my book as if it was some type of work of fiction or something. But I remember hearing my mom also say that people would do anything to sell books and how it was a shame that I would write such words. The thing is, I never even advertised that chapter of the book. It's something you only happened upon if you'd actually read the book. I just wanted my story to, to mean something, and I wanted it to mean more than that piece of my life. So even though I was fully grown, I was 30 years old, two children of my own, a whole entire husband, I was devastated. Like you guys, I was devastated. That little girl living inside of me, it was like reliving the trauma again. And it just, I didn't know how to react and I didn't know what to do. I ended up falling out with that cousin, her mother, and lots of other members of the family because of it. No one ever asked me how I felt 
or apologized or did anything constructive for that matter. They simply wrote me off and called me a liar. You guys cannot imagine how that felt to me. It pierced through my body. I felt physically ill. It was like I was overcome with sadness. But you know what? I will never apologize for making them uncomfortable because it's my life and it's my truth. Now, some of you are probably thinking right now, you know, Shalia, I feel sorry for you. I'm sorry about what happened to you. But, you know, I had good parents. I don't think my parents would hurt me. And I just want to be clear because I don't want you guys to have any misconception. You know, we don't only experience trauma from bad parents. Even the most loving and attentive parents can do lasting damage to our sense of self. Because they mean well and they hate to see us hurt, sometimes our parents may have swooped in after something upset us to remind us not to cry and, you know, not to feel bad. But the truth is, feeling bad can actually be good for us. Sometimes we need to know what down feels like so that we understand the contrast it has to up. We needed to feel bad for a while and to think about why we felt that way. And then we needed to learn that our emotions are temporary and they'll change, that they always have a beginning, a middle, and yes, an end, and we will survive. When we don't learn how to feel our feelings, we may start to interpret all emotions as terrifying, and this will have catastrophic effects on how we manage our adulthood. I saw a meme of a little boy sitting on his bed, tears streaming down his face. He couldn't have been any older than seven. His mother stood over him yelling, boy, cut that crying out. You too soft. You need to learn to man up. You're going to be a man one day. Men don't walk around crying and just telling all their emotions like this. So then she slams the door and she leaves him alone. Now, on the other side of the screen, the same boy is sitting in his room, sitting emotionless on his bed. But now he's about 17. His mother is standing in front of him, yelling, like, what is wrong with you? Why won't you talk to me? I don't understand why you never talk to me. That was so powerful to me. Mom, you taught him to keep his feelings to himself. You taught him that he shouldn't share his emotions. He's doing exactly what you taught him to do. You can't get mad now. You showed him early on that his heart was not safe with you. Guess what? You've also shown him that his heart won't be safe with anyone else later too. If he can't trust you, everyone else is doomed. Now he will love and communicate very differently. Congratulations. Today's episode of Girl Which Way is brought to you by Ritzy Trinkets, an artisan jewelry company catering to the bohemian minimalist and maximalist with the urban boho in mind every time. Ritzy Trinkets sells home and travel accessories and cute jewelry items such as earrings, bracelets, and necklaces. Ladies, don't miss out on their Purple Light Special, a special bundle they've created to help you to get in touch with yourself. This Black woman-owned company is committed to giving back to our communities and helping our girls to become self-sufficient trailblazers. Visit them today on ritzytrinkets.com and make sure you tell them Girl Which Way sent you. So we've been talking a lot about childhood trauma and what it is, but now let's talk about how it affects us and how to heal from it because we need to be done tiptoeing around our issues and we need to address them because they are silently killing us. Did you know that there have been several studies to prove this? Did you know that the prevalence of suicide attempts is higher in adults who experience trauma like physical abuse, sexual abuse, and uh, parental domestic violence as a child? When a child experiences a trauma, that 
teaches them that they can't trust or rely on anyone, their caregivers, any other adults, basically, and that it's just a scary world. It makes it incredibly difficult to form relationships throughout their childhood, including with peers of their own age. And you already know how this would affect them as adults. So children who struggle to maintain healthy attachments to their parents or their caregivers are also definitely likely to struggle with romantic relationships into adulthood. They have done several studies to prove this. You know, there was one study that uh, tested more than 21,000 trauma survivors age 60 and over. Did you know that almost all of them reported failed marriages and relationships that was somehow connected to their trauma? As children, we're not able to distinguish our feelings and ourself. We think we are our feelings. So if our feelings aren't treated as acceptable in a certain situation, we may then decide that we aren't worthy. We learn to suppress our emotions rather than feel and process them. So this is why we have so many adults who are emotionally inept. They don't know how to communicate their feelings with their spouses. They shut down. They can't handle any bit of pressure or difficult times. They suffer from arrested development. And why? Because those skills are somewhere sitting in the past next to the innocence they left behind. And it's sad because it's really a double whammy because what they really want is nothing more than to be loved, but they're also the most afraid of being vulnerable enough with someone to have real intimacy, thus finding real love. Ugh. Your childhood trauma lives in your symptoms. That's why people are depressed, having panic attacks, having eating disorders, having worries about everything, anxiety, relationship fears. It's all connected. You might have difficulty trusting, low self-esteem, fears of being judged, constant attempts to please, outbursts of frustration, social anxiety that won't let up. Some people try to fill their emptiness and shame with drugs, alcohol, looking for love in all the wrong places, through sex, through their accomplishments, acting like it never happened. And still, it just eats away at them. You'll never be able to silence it, and it never has good timing when it ha- when it reappears in your thoughts. You have to stop running away from it and run at it head first. I don't know your story. I don't know how it haunts you, but I know there are things you want to say that you wish you could, but you don't because you're afraid. It doesn't matter if you're 15 or 35. Until you deal with whatever you're feeling, honestly, you cannot start to live. You owe it to yourself to to not be that person who lives unfulfilled and broken. You deserve a life of love and happiness, and your children will one day judge how you raised them and how you nurtured their feelings, and how are you going to show up for them fully are broken and unavailable. You can't possibly want them to continue the cycle of dysfunction. This is the time to heal. Generational curses can be broken through your strength. To heal your childhood trauma, we have to complete the process that should have begun a long time ago when the wounding incident happened. But it's okay to start small and move toward bigger traumas if you need to. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There is a cost to this, but if you are willing to do the work, you will see a return on your investment tenfold. So here are five ways to heal from your trauma. Number one, talk about it. You're never going to be able to heal something you refuse to acknowledge. You can't keep it tucked away forever. One day, the time will be right to talk about it, even maybe with the person who is to blame. Use it wisely. Clear your heart and say what you want to say. Talk with those close to you whom you trust about what you went through. Sometimes just talking about something can help us to heal. It happened. Discuss it. Number two. 
Forgive yourself. You're going to need to forgive yourself. You can't keep struggling with the guilt of what what ifs and or I should have or I could have or I would have. It happened just the way it did and you can't change anything about it. Forgive yourself and speak highly to yourself. Start replacing those blame game conversations you secretly have with yourself with positive affirmations like I'm so proud of you for not quitting. I admire you for being a survivor. Number three, therapy. This sounds obvious, but it's not always the first go-to for some. Therapy is extremely helpful. I know that especially in the black community, it can be shunned because we have Jesus. But add some therapy to your Jesus and see if it doesn't make a difference. Contrary to what some people believe, therapy isn't about just talking about your emotions. They actually give you real insight in the tools you need to heal. Nowadays, it's more affordable than ever, and you can see a therapist through your insurance carrier relatively easy. Your mental health cannot be on the back burner any longer. Number four, write a letter a handwritten letter, but don't send it. There's a coping tactic that experts recommend we try when we have been wronged, and I found it to be very beneficial. So what you do is you write a letter to the person, and in it, you have to be as honest as possible, maybe too honest. You say everything you would like to say if you weren't afraid to say it or if there wouldn't be consequences. You pour your heart out. It has to be handwritten. Do not type it. Do not text it. You will feel each emotion as your pen glides across the page. When you're finished, you keep it. You can burn it, you can toss it, whatever you want. You just don't send it to the person. Number five, acceptance. You need to be okay with it. Make peace of it. You have to understand you can't change what happened to you. You can change how you let it continue to control your life, though, and your actions. You need to let it go. The shame, guilt, embarrassment, all of it. Let it go. Make peace with yourself. Make who make peace with whoever has wronged you so that you can take your peace and your power back. Everything opens up when you let go of all those feelings that were weighing you down. I want to say to the parents real quick too, and anyone else who has been a part of someone else's nightmare, don't minimize their tragedy. Don't you dare. You don't get to tell them how to feel or what they should have done because everyone reacts to stress and trauma differently. We don't cope the same. Acknowledge that you played a part in their wrongdoing, however great or small, and allow them to talk about it without stopping them or getting offended. It is not about you. Their truth and their pain is something that you cannot control or rewrite. It doesn't matter how you remember it. They can never forget it because guess what? It happened to them. Also, please stop weaponizing Jesus. It needs to stop. Don't tell them you're going to pray for them or shame them with Jesus. That is not cool. I'm Christian too, and even I get upset about this. Don't keep saying God can heal you, or God will do this or that, or if only you would pray about it. You pray about it, and pray for them. Help them through the storm. That's all fine and well. That's great. But don't make them feel guilty for seeking help outside of the church. Therapy is not the devil, and there is no reason that someone can't have both. Your tactics actually end up backfiring and push people further away from Christ because they look at you and want nothing to do with him because they don't see him in you. Let people find the Lord when they are ready, not when you're ready. There's nothing wrong with sharing the good news of who he is, but you can't force anyone. I am a sum total of all the events that have happened to me, good or bad. Some things have changed me. Some things have shaped me. Some things have shifted me and propelled me into my purpose face first. I have no regrets. I am full, I am whole, I'm content, and I'm happy. It is my greatest hope that everyone under my voice right now will be able to say the same thing. 
You are more than your tragedy. You are bigger than your trauma. Heal your heart and your mind. Forgive yourself and those who have violated you. Be intentional and don't let your story make you harden your heart. Remain open and live in expectancy that good is coming your way and it will find you. I love you all. Today's show was brought to you by Ritzy Trinkets, Artisan Jewelry and Accessories. Please rate the show on your streaming platform and share it with one person who you think needs to hear it and ask them to do the same. Remember, good, better, best. Never let it rest. To your good is better and your better is best. Until next time, your friend and constant motivator, Shalia. Bye.